0: Yeah, I think attacking, you know, just uh, going out there and uh, letting that defense work, you know, so I think I was able to do that. I was able to go out there and uh, command most of my pitches and, um, you know, limit limit some damage and get some weak contact. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we were able to attack them and for the most part, you know, uh, force them to dig out of a hole, you know, so um, still left some some pitches that I feel like, you know, uh, command wise need to be a little bit better. Um, But you know, it was a good day on the mound, and the boys got a win. So. That was Alec Manoa
1: after his start yesterday, last night to be exact. The Blue Jays beating the Kansas City Royals three nothing. They're at 500, and uh, Kikuchi and Manoa back to back, and everything seems everything seems to be in order. They're hitting some home runs. Let me finish. They're hitting some home runs. Right? They're hitting some home runs. They're well, playing good defense. The bullpen's lined up nicely. Running the bases the way they're supposed to. Running the bases the way they're supposed to. That new maturity is evident there. Um,
2: <laughs> Hector LeBron, did you see him put the imaginary jacket on Vladdy
1: when he I hit did. the home run? I did. What did you think of that? I didn't like it.
2: Were you up in arms? Could was you I up in arms? Could you sleep last night oh, yeah. because of that reason?
1: I mean, I didn't care. What are you doing? Let, let me rephrase it. I I, I I didn't care. It was funny. I'm not certain I like that, but I don't. It yeah. was funny. It you was
2: know. almost like, is anybody looking?
1: Yeah, right near They're the right. camera. Yeah, is anybody <laughs> looking? Right, like I mean, Hector Lebron gets more camera time than just about anybody in that damn team.
2: Well, he talks for the best player on the team.
1: Yes, I know. But anyhow, oh. uh, I Red mean, who for cares? Him. Yeah, that was it. Was great. They got to come up with something. Did you? I mean, God the Almighty, the Cincinnati Reds have got that the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Well, with the Viking helmet and the. yeah, Anyhow. Um, <clears throat> that's not what I was going to, why did you get me sidetracked? I was not going to talk about the imaginary is it, home is run it, jacket. Is it
2: bad that all I could think of when I saw Alec, Alec Manoa throw last night was if Jose Barrios came in with this kind of stuff, not his
1: top end stuff, how would it have looked? It would have looked awful. Is it bad for me to think that? No, because I thought the same damn thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Alec Manoa yesterday, yeah. seven innings, one hit baseball. No runs allowed. He grinded. He, uh, ben Good Wagner work. described yeah. the described it on the broadcast correctly. He grinded. Kevin, his velo was down from ninety four and a half to ninety one, three and a half basically miles per hour. Maybe a little, uh, a little less than three and a half miles per hour. Uh, his, but his velocity was down. Yet yeah. yeah. lefties are one th- for thirteen against him. He had what did we say? How many three ball counts did he have? Six. Six three ball counts. He threw fifteen changes. The slider was, the slider was okay. The slider was was effective when he needed it to be. Elevated fastball was good. Elevated fastball was 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 he really walked, he good. He
2: walked the nine hole hitter. <laughs> he walked the leadoff hitter twice. Like those are a couple things you don't really want to do. Any the changeup was unpredictable, which is a good thing. Which you it, throw, well, you double up on it. You throw yes. it o o. You throw it behind in the count. That gives a left-handed hitter a little something else to think about. So, that that was a good deal. Lefties were 1 for 13 off him. That's pretty good. Now, again, this is uh, – for for him to go out and have the velocity go down the way it was and to give you this kind of start, you know, it, looked, it just looked to me like the heart rate was slower. Uh, you mentioned it. You know, he was fired up the first start. Like, he was letting it eat. That was – You know, when in doubt, I'm in trouble, throw harder. Last night it was, I'm going to take a little bit more off, you know, the slider. We saw the slider at 79 a bunch of times, right? It was, I'm going to more try and get this to where I want it to end up than me overthrow it and have it non-competitive. So, that's Kansas City, but that's exactly what they need. Man, again, I get back to this. I know this is every team, but the Blue Jays look like one of the best teams in baseball. When that starter looks the way it's been looking the last couple of days. Mm-hmm.
1: Vladdy Guerrero Jr. hit his first home run of the year. Kevin, he has five walks and one strikeout in 29 plate appearances so far this year. Now, you mentioned this, that Vladdy has... He's pretty much made it public that he wants to walk more. The public is strong. Well, he's indicated he wants to walk more. And Mm -hmm. you can parse that in in a number of ways. To me, that means... I don't think right Vlad I don't more. I don't think going to sit there and say, "You know, I'm not going to swing at that pitch down the middle because I want to draw a walk here." But I think it means he's trying to be a little more selective. And I, I do want to ask you about that. I mean, if he continues that if he continues this approach, mm-hmm. it's obviously in addition to impacting his power numbers, it's going to impact his batting average as well in a positive
2: way. No question. Uh, you, uh, the higher he hits the more home runs he's going to hit, the more home runs he the hits. Higher the higher average you mean. Yeah, Absolutely. The yeah. more home runs he hits, the more RBIs he's going to drive right. in, which is a big deal. RBI for him is a big thing. You know, he's looking for me anyway. You want to go where they want to go and win the American League East. He's got to have north of 120 stakes. That's just me, right? You're talking 40 homers and 120 RBIs, maybe this approach. Now, do I like a couple of games ago, first and third, he's the tie and run, take a 2-1 cookie, 98, middle, middle? Absolutely not. That, that's not for me. Sort of early in the season, you're, you've are you seen him take fastballs and fastball counts that are real hittable. That, for me, is not the approach I want to see him Do. Now, do you like the only one punch out and the five walks? Absolutely. You know, everybody's yelling and screaming about the OPS and, oh man, that's the be all end all. That's what we want. We want the total package. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes, I want that, but when I again, you get sit. It's very situational, you know. You, you got a guy on the mound. Zach Greinke was really good. I'm okay with him taking some close pitches, working some counts, walking, passing that baton to another guy because the dude on the mound is locating, adding, subtracting. You know, he's having a good night, so I'm okay with that. But we we still want to Vladdy to be Vladdy. You see what he he hit that ball last night. And knew it was gone out the gate when nobody else was hitting home runs last night. Yeah. You know, Matt Chapman hit a ball
1: he thought was gone, wasn't, yeah. and and would have been gone in two thirds of the ballparks. Absolutely, George
2: baseball. Springer hit a ball down the left yeah. field line that should have been gone, that wasn't. There were a that's couple. The there were a couple is, of Royals
1: balls that were no, hit pretty hard, no too. No
2: question. So that that's the thing is the uh, to say that Blue Jays fans are lucky, and uh, this is Albert Pujols. The second. Like, he does things offensively that human beings are not supposed to be able to do. And it's refining what the... It's the controlled aggression plus being selective. Right. Can he do both of those all year?
1: I mean, I i, I don't see why he can't. No, he's a terrific hitter. He's a He's a smart baseball player. He, through his career, I don't think... I think we've been fair with him. I think fans... Have increasingly become fair with him. Vladdy, Vladdy has answered a bunch of challenges. I, I, I would urge people to go back and read all the stuff that was said about him when he came up, all the stuff that was written about him when he came up. Weight was an issue. Didn't have a position. What was he going to look like as a finished offensive product? How would he handle scuffling in the in the majors? It, to me, this is a kid – Kid, this is a guy who has answered he's, – he's checked off every box. He's, he's made himself into a gold glove first baseman. He's had coaching, but he's made himself into a goal-glove first baseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is clearly locked in offensively right now. And, and, I, and I keep getting back to this. I will raise my hand and say when, when I saw Vladdy in the majors for the first time, I thought because of his weight, this guy's going to be hurt a lot. And I'm not the only one. Again, go back and listen. Go back and read the stuff that was said about Vladdy. Mm. And he's a guy who plays every day. So, yeah, I I, I think Vladdy can I, – I see no reason he can't find that balance. Mm. What I also think about Vladdy is I look at – it's early days, and Kansas City's not a, not a great team. So. Let's, let's just say it. But I look at that lineup right now. There's an awful lot, in, in, in addition to Vladdy, there's a lot of hard contact coming off of Varsho mm-hmm. and Chapman especially right now. There's a lot of hard contact. Yep. And I think Vladdy, if, if, if the Jays, if John Schneider has hit on something here with Varsho and Chapman or if Chapman and Varsho, however he's going to play Sounds it in like that number four spot, if he's hit on something here, and it works the way it's worked so far. I, I, I think Vladdy's going to have a, trip, a, a terrific year. Vladdy has to yeah, be, Vlady Vladdy to me has to be a top five MVP candidate. No question. For this see, team to get I, a, see, I go think where it, it wants to
2: go. I think it has nothing to do with who hits behind him. I think, uh, for me anyway, it has nothing. Because I'm pitching him one way. Like, I, I want to try and get him to no, let think, him get himself out. Right. That doesn't change because of who's on the on-deck circle. At least for me, he's an elite hitter. He does things offensively that most humans can't do. It's the in off the plate. It's the
1: way but off I the guess, plate, right? What, what I'm saying is, if Vladdy is, if part of the reason for this approach is he's got confidence in the guys behind him, it's only going to help him maintain that approach. Look, if if if, uh, if they stop scoring runs, if they stop scoring runs, yeah, Vlade, that hole I'm going to try to walk more. Be my, you know what, Vladdy, that's going to go out the door. Vladdy's going to think I got to right. hit a home run here because there ain't anything else happening in this lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it it's going to depend on that. But so far, early days. Six games, they're three and three. I really like what I've seen out of this, out of this lineup. I it, it's it, a really good lineup. It's a good lineup. Balanced. It's balanced. It does stuff. Tougher on the managers. It's tougher on the managers. Mm-hmm. Kevin Kiermaier, you look at, at, at contact knowledge. Kevin Kiermaier's making contact. Mm-hmm. It, in terms of the lineup, this has gone, these six games have gone pretty much as well as you could expect them to go if you're John Schneider. With the exception of Brandon Belt, yeah, 15 at bats. That's a small cool. sample size. Nine strikeouts. That's a lot. A lot of swing and miss and stuff. That's 89, 90, 91. Like, it's not that he is being overpowered, and we know he's behind. We know he's behind in spring training. So, and I, he's an older guy, and I think yeah. you, we, we got it. You got to let these guys. You got to let it build up a little more. Sure, but I would think okay. we're about. A week away, two weeks away from Let me ask you thinking a little me, more about Brandon. Let me
2: ask you a real question. A real question. Well, yeah. What do you expect from him? Like, like coming into him being a blue jay, right? When you heard he was signed here, did the first thing pop in your mind is, whoa, another 30 homer, no. hundred RBI guy? The expectations are I
1: don't even know what they well, are. What he, are they? Here's the thing. Anytime I hear 50 RBIs? Anytime I anytime I hear that if a guy who is a certain age stays healthy, he should be able to repeat something he did two years ago or three years ago. Like I, you know, um, what I bought into and what I'm still interested in seeing, I bought into you know, the same thing a lot of people did. Look at where his balls were hit in San Francisco. Take those same balls, put them at the Rogers Center. There, there are more home runs. My expectations for Brandon Belt. See, I unlike a lot of, I didn't look at Brandon Belt as my cleanup hitter. I didn't even look at Brandon Belt as my everyday player, as as an everyday player. To me, Brandon Belt is a guy who can handle a specific type of right-handed pitcher. I thought it was the breaking ball. I, that's what history would suggest. And yeah. and again, I'm 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 prepared. You know, and guys get off the slow starts. I'm prepared to let that play out, but. I didn't look at him. I kind of rolled my eyes when I was hearing people say, well, he's going to get a shot at the cleanup spot. I I mean, we ain't talking Barry Bonds here, people. So I think you're probably going to get what you're going to get out of him. I think he'll be here all year. He'll be a a lefty bat off the bench. He'll be a guy who plays a little bit of first base. But I, I, I I look at him. I look at Nathan Lucas, I look at Cavan Biggio, and I, I, I'm almost at the point where I've got I've got and I shouldn't say I shouldn't throw Lucas in there because I don't know what he is. But I look in particular at Belt not and Biggio. Not playing. I look in particular at Belt and Biggio and I don't know if I'm a big fan of having them in the bottom of the lineup at the same time. Um I, I just I, I, I'm just not. So, I guess that's where I am with Brandon Bell. Yeah, the with, second, with, the second with base Bell. thing
2: right now is too, at least for me, is too much of a, a revolving door. Yeah. Soon, sooner or later, they're going to have to hang their hat on something Kevin, if the second base... gives give somebody a chance for a longer baseman, period of time.
1: If the second baseman's going to hit ninth, let it be Espinal Or eighth. Or eighth. Let it be Espinol or, or Merrifield. I'm okay with Merrifield playing second. I'm okay with Merrifield in, in, I like in the lineup. Myself. I, I do, too. But yeah. what I'm saying is I'm okay with those two. I get that the manager really likes Kevin Biggio. I get that he can play a thousand and one positions. He's probably not going to make a mistake defensively. He, but, uh, I, I just, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know how they manage I don't know how they manage that situation. I don't need guys like belt and Biggio. I don't need both belt and Biggio on the same team. I just don't. Cause they're, to me, they're not contributing enough offensively. Yeah, they're just you not. You argue that. that. That's all. And, i uh, I just think you have I to pick a guy,
2: say, go out there and, and show yeah. us what
1: you can do for a week. Well, we, we haven't... Give him a chance. We have really talked about this a lot, but... And I understand Santiago Espinal's second half, he basically became a platoon player. Yep. The guy did go to the All-Star game. And, I you know, I understand going to the All-Star game now isn't, isn't what it was a couple of years ago because a bunch of guys drop out and you go as a replacement. All, but it's a big deal to the player. Yeah, it is. He's... I think we can all admit he's the better defensive player out of the three of the those. Best not an issue right now because santiago espinal seems to i mean this is his organization he seems to be a pretty good dude but in in a couple of weeks if it's still a revolving door if i'm santiago espinal i'm i might be just dropping in the manager's office and saying kind of
2: one of us has got to go yeah like somebody's got to have a tough conversation Yes. It, it's like when I went to the Nationals and they were going to take three first basemans to A. No, they're and I, not. And that, uh, no that, I was one of them. Yeah, I know. I'm but saying. But I, I, I was the one that had to raise my hand because you know how I am. Yeah. And I had to go in whoever's office that was and say, hey, I don't know who the brain surgeon was that did this, but this ain't going to work. You <laughs> haven't seen many homers I got in the minor leagues? This ain't going to work. I need to play. And then I got released the next day. That's the thing, right? And I just think it's going to be one of those moments where there can be too many. Like... All three of those dudes want to play, and all three of those dudes need to play to be the best dude they can be. Yeah. How how do they get playing time? Right now, it's sort of like lefty's throwing, this guy's playing, because this guy's playing left. Uh, uh, Righty's throwing, this guy's playing, and this guy ain't playing, and this guy's going to play wherever. It's like there's a lot going on there. It's a lot to ask, and... I'm with you. It will be one of those conversations that
1: one of the three will be having sooner than later. Listen, I I understand there are going to be situations where you're going to have a day game after a night game, and maybe all three of them will be in the lineup just because that's the way it's going to be. Somebody gets a rest, Merrifield's in the outfield. I mean, that could could very well
2: well be. John did say, real quick before you, John did say it's performance-driven. My question would be to that would, how? How? Like the guy's not going to play three or four days in a row. How's how he do you determine? Perform? How do you determine performance? That's a, that's a tremendous question. If I don't know that, how does one of the three
1: players know that? And I'm thinking, particularly of Espinal here, because he appears to be the third wheel in this thing. Sure looks that way. And I, we're not making it. I mean, it, just, it just is. And we're not making any controversy out of it or anything like that. But yeah, he appears it, to be. It will be a topic to be of conversation. And I guess you know, people could say, well, the easy answer is. We've all said at some point they're going to make them. Everybody's going to. Everybody gonna who's that. contending is going to make a trade for a pitcher at some point no this question. year. They are. So maybe that's where you go. You've got Adrian. Uh, you, you've you've got uh, Barger. You've got Otto Lopez. You've got depth in the middle infield in this I organization. Who,
2: I don't know who has the most upside
1: to another team. Right? Who who would have oh, the most value? To me, it's Espinal. Me too. To me, it's Espinal. Defender. Absolutely. Picking and grinding. And and oh. and. He has shown that he can contribute on a really good team. I'm not sure he's an really everyday player, but five out of seven days, sure, like he could do that. Oh, I, and on a good, and on a good team, no question. He's not going to hurt your team. Nope. No, nope. if you're a contending team and you want a dude who can do a little bit of everything, and if you have to because of an injury, play four or five days in a row, and he's not going to cost and you a ton of shortstop. money. And he exactly, and he can play shortstop. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a great point you bring up.
2: I just I just don't know how one of the three gets hot enough to keep the job all the time. How is yeah. that possible? They don't play every day.
1: Yeah, it's a, great, well, it's a good question. We shall see. Hey, Matt Chapman, uh, again, single, two RBIs yesterday. Again, hard contact, uh, and he, he and Varsho. And Did we're we're, we're going to be joined by the way by uh, Gary Varsho, former Major League outfielder. Awesome. Um, he is Dalton's dad. He's going to join us at ten thirty. Jeff Passon as well, but. When those, when those two get it going, when Varsho's on base and Chapman's at the plate and hitting the ball the opposite field, they're fun to watch. I, 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 I'll say that. I think Dalton Vart may, there may be a run in Dalton Varshow jerseys when the gift shop opens at he's the right? Rogers Center. Because Kevin Buck talked about him a lot last night. And I think he, he, you can tell he's become a guy that a lot of people really like. His, the stuff he does on the base pass, I keep getting back to what you said. Want to be a good teammate? Take the extra base. No question. Score, score for, for me. me which I, lo- I love you. He did last night, yeah. and I thought Buck did it. That the the Buck did a terrific job. And again, this is what you talked about yesterday about the role of the third base coach. If Louie run hard and make me put the that's, stop that's sign, that's his up. only
2: job is right. to stop me.
1: But and but if you run hard, make me make the decision. And we that's saw it. that last night with Dalton that's it.
2: Okay, it's just Chappie. You want to be a good teammate to Chappie and help him get paid. Score for, for him when you shouldn't be scoring like you did last night.
1: Every time Dalton Varshaw crosses the
2: plate, ka-ching. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you. Just imagine if all five of those first five guys get hot at the same time. Yeah. That, that's, I think that's the ultimate goal here is for the Blue Jays is how do you get all five hot all at the same time? And it's sort of like bookends. You'd have Chapman. You'd have Springer. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. And then you sprinkle in all the, those four guys. You got a little everything to throw at a manager to make it tough on him to match up, right? Sooner or later, you're going to have to throw a lefty to Varsho. That would make Chapman a better hitter. Yeah. He likes lefties. Yeah. I, that's the thing here is, right, it's, it's, you hope Varsho stays hot enough to force the other manager's hand to make him bring in a left-handed pitcher to make Chapman that much better. So even Kirky, too, that would hit behind Chapman. They got a really good lineup. This is what I said. If you can get close to 900 innings pitch from their starting rotation, for me anyway, it's just, just me talking. They're a shoe in mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. Just because of that reason, their lineup, the balance of their lineup. You know, they got some dudes that are hungry, trying to get paid. It's a, it's a They're a good team. And now you add the mix to putting pressure on defenses. Not every, not every defense is good, Jeff. And if you put pressure on them, make, make them make the perfect throw, you're gonna score more runs that way. You're gonna win more games.
1: Yeah it uh, it looks again. I always throw the caveat out there that it's early in the season and it is Kansas City. But the the last two games have kind of that's probably how John Schneider good starting pitching grips s- it out. Uh-huh. And 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 again the bullpen. Being able, it makes a big difference not being behind and being able to use the bullpen in the, in a manner where you force the issue, which, which is what which is what the Jays. With Watson,
2: they doing. have a new weapon now too. He can pitch the eighth inning. He's kind of growing on you, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, I, well, we knew he was good. We just didn't know where they were going to use always, him. And 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 because C, Seattle didn't use him in the playoffs, that was my point. We just didn't really know what he was.
1: That why, was my. Why, why are they not using him? That was my point. It' not a good never a good sign when you're not on the playoff roster or when you're on the playoff roster and not used yeah. and more to the point the worst thing to me is when you're on the roster and you get the sense the manager's going to throw the bat the bat boy out there before he's going to throw you out that's yeah. you know there's nothing worse than Stock. being the last option in the bullpen when it, in the start of the year in the middle of the year you were the second or third option but yeah i'm, I'm okay with what i've seen from no him. question that's that's that splitter Plays and he changes
2: the eye level really good. The elevated fastball, the tunneling of the split finger off that fastball, it makes it almost impossible for you to take both of them or look for one or the other if you're a hitter. And that's why he can throw in yeah. the eighth inning. And I think that that that
1: whole that whole the whole Swanson Garcia duo, it'll it will be fun to see how John uses them throughout well, the year
2: where they're different. You got kitchen sink with, saying, with yeah. velocity. You got split finger with velocity. It's you it's a different animal. You can throw it, it a bunch of different lineups and it just gives him an, a different option where he's not forcing the hand of an Adam Simber, a Trevor Richards, a Tim Mesa where you, you don't have any other choice, but to mm-hmm. throw them, those guys in the eighth inning and now you've got an, a legit eighth inning guy in the regular season that will help you win baseball games and make it easier for you, right? This is perfect scenario where you're starting to go seven innings
1: and then you turn it over to your two big guys. It'll be Kevin Gossman against Jordan Lyles this afternoon, 2 o'clock first pitch on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, streaming and, of course, on TV. Jeff Passan joins us later on in the show. As always, the back leg line is open, 416-413-3959. We'll take calls uh, later on in the show on the back leg line. But we're looking forward to this interview an awful lot. Gary Varsho is a former major league outfielder. For the Cubs, the Pirates, the Reds, and Phillies. He was a coach with the Phillies and the Pirates. He's also, obviously, the father of Dalton Varsho. Dalton Varshow's story is interesting. It's a guy who grew up in Wisconsin, cold-weather place, uh, went to, get, didn't get a lot of love from major universities, went to uh, Wisconsin-Milwaukee, uh, and has really He's earned it. He, he has earned it. He absolutely has earned it. And his dad, you can remember those of you who can remember his dad as, as a, as a bench player, as a utility guy, his dad was really good at little things. Like he was one of those guys, different game back when he was a player. You could stay in the game a long time doing what Gary Varsho did. I don't know if it would work now, but you could stay in the game a long time doing what Gary Varsho did back mm-hmm. then. Um, Really looking forward to this interview. Should be a lot of fun. Gary Varsho, Dalton's daddy, joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to
3: Toronto sports fans.
1: The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: <laughs> Dalton Varshow line drive left center field and that's a base hit Guerrero around second on his way to third throw to second and now Varsho gets back to the bag in time Pasquantino was not near the bag and it was kind of a foot race and Varshow got back safely. If you're watching at home and you want to be a ball player play it like this guy. Mm -hmm. That was perfect. I don't think anybody will ever say Dalton Varsho wasn't giving 100% on a particular goal. No. and you know what? He comes about honestly, his dad
1: was a big leaguer for eight seasons. Well, it's pretty safe to say that uh, Dalton Varsho has made much more than just a positive impression on his mm-hmm. new team early in the year. It started in spring training. You just heard uh, Buck Martinez and Dan Shulman uh, talk about Dalton Varsho. Twenty four at bats so far, eight hits, a couple of doubles, a home run. Ooh. Competitive more than competitive at bats against left handed uh against yep. left-handed pitchers. And uh well, cleanup hitter for the Toronto Blue that? Jays hitting hmm. behind a guy in Vladdy Jr. who is locked in and is playing in Varsho's case, good defense, great base running. Like I said, it's it's uh It's more than just a positive first impression. And uh, we're certainly happy with what we've seen from Dalton Varsho so far. And I guess our next guest is as well. He's probably not surprised by it. But Mm -hmm. Gary Varsho, former Major League outfielder and coach and uh, father of Dalton. Gary, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, We trust you're doing well. Uh, Your kid's going to sell a lot of jerseys in Toronto (laughs) if he keeps playing this way, Gary.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Well... We're excited. Um, he was excited uh, to join his Blue Jays organization, and he's he's the, he's a player. You know, he's a kid who grew up around the game, and you know, with my career and him being around a lot of big leaguers, a lot of locker rooms, he's always had aspirations. And we're very lucky that he he. All my kids have talent. Have, have talent. We're very blessed that way. But he just really wanted to play and he takes it to another level and he's he's a very special kid obviously being my son but he's he's a special person so I'm we're excited to be part of the Toronto Blue Jays.
2: Gary he feeling any pressure hitting cleanup behind Vladdy for the Blue Jays? Well
0: actually I'm kind of shocked <laughs> 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 I mean I understand the lineup I understand how to get balance in a lineup and what Toronto did over the offseason being a baseball guy. I understand that trying to balance out some left handers, knowing that as a pitcher, if I have the same right handed presence all the time, uh, and if I'm executing my pitches, it just gives them a different look. So I understand that. But, you know, it's am I shocked? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. I mean, I love to hit, to hit fourth in a big league game one day. I guess I did once, but definitely because Bonds was hurt for that day. So I guess I had to hit fourth and Leland put me in there. But anyway, um, you know those guys that all those Blue Jays, the teammates, the coaching staff, everybody. Uh, but those teammates of his have really welcomed him in, and I can't tell you how much that means to us, and it means to Dalton as well. Because uh, coming into that environment, he really didn't know anybody, but he's made a lot of friends fast.
1: It was interesting, uh, Gary, hearing hearing Dalton talk. Uh, we did a night did a feature on him, and he was talking about the off season, and once. Trade rumors started coming up, um, and it kind of made sense given the depth that Arizona had in the outfield and what they were looking for, and all this. And now, this is according to Dalton, at least. At one point, you kind of said to him, "Well, don't, I wouldn't surprise me if the Toronto Blue Jays came calling."
0: Well, we knew. So when Arizona made it public that they were going to trade one of their outfielders and they wanted somebody in return that was major league ready, well being with my baseball background, I said, well, you'll bring the most value back. I mean, Corbin Carroll was off the charts. They were going to keep him. I said, so if they wanted something major league ready. So I said, well, it's going to be you. And just a matter of when. So you start going through, and this is the scout in me, of course. This is the baseball guy trying to figure out, is it Houston, New York, or Toronto? And I told him, I said, Toronto, Toronto has the catcher. I mean, it's just I don't know if they're going to make that deal, but I said don't be surprised. And so, yeah, it's all that baseball background that sometimes you overanalyze stuff too deep. But I said Toronto's going to be calling. I said they're going to be in the mix, and without actually anything publicly in papers or social media, all of a sudden Ross and Mark decided to make that to make that trade. And uh, and again, my history with Ross and Mark goes back to when I worked with Cleveland and right. uh, having ton of respect for those guys and I love when they were there and I had a great time in Cleveland. It's a great staff and so I said, you you couldn't ask for two better people to be in charge of an organization. I said, I worked for them and I said, they're great and they're awesome and you're going to have so much fun.
2: Gary, give me your scouting report for Dalton as an offensive player.
0: Well, (laughs) if I had to give you, he's he can impact the ball. I mean, we're there's more in there than what is shown, and he's showing a little bit now, a little bit early, because he's always been a slow starter, but he knows the strike zone. He's not going to get himself out. He will strike out on occasion, um, but he, when he's right, uh, he can impact the ball and impact the game, and he has this natural ability. He's always had as a little boy. I mean, he's got these big hands, Mm. and sometimes I have to remind him, you know, you don't have to create more strength. Mm-hmm. You have, strength. you don't, you you gotta do is bump it, you know? And again, you know, I don't, I didn't have his ability. Um, uh, he's, he just, he can impact the game offensively and, you know, enough to hold himself up against left-handed pitching and which was a downfall of his last year, a little bit trying to recover from that. And he's trying to challenge, challenge himself more to have better at bats and compete. and So, um, he's a guy that he's, he's not going to get himself out. He's going to work the count. And, and hopefully when he's on, he, he when he touches, when his barrel touches the ball, great things can happen. Just got to have it done consistently. So he's going to be a tough out in your lineup.
1: In conversation with Gary Varsho on uh, Blair and Barker. Now, uh, Dalton was not drafted, in, drafted out of high school. He did go to the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and was a second-round pick. Uh, what happened... And I mean this in a a positive sense, Gary, going from not being drafted in high school to the second round, that's that's a good leap. (laughs) That's a good leap. What happened over the course of that time? Did he just get, did he get, did he get stronger? Um,
0: Did he just become better? Well, (laughs) that whole process was very interesting because there was a couple of, division one schools that had shown some interest, but he was too small and he can't throw. He's, you know, he's, he's okay. And, um, he's always been the same player, just needed the opportunity. And, you know, Scott Duffick and UW Milwaukee, you know, we almost had to beg him to take him, but he, he saw that he had potential and he could help out. And, um, we had some division two programs that, yeah, it, it's, it's okay. He's okay. So, I just think that in the, in the amateur world today, we don't do a very good job. of And look, you've got a whole roster full, and you got uh, Bobby Witt Jr. over at Short. Sometimes the pedigree of, of guys being around the game has is, is got some value to it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know if that's part of the process anymore. I mean, I know it doesn't work out all the time, but you know, the intangibles, heart, head, you got to have tools. I understand that, but he just kind of went out and did his thing in Milwaukee. And, and one thing that Scott Duffick did, he let him be Dalton and, you know, he had to perform and he performed in a, in a a great way there and, and, you know, kind of put Milwaukee on the map a little bit with a bunch of great teammates and a good coaching staff. So nothing really changed. It was a matter of, he started hitting for some power, you know, and there was. And I get power needs to be recognized, and I, I I understand that, but there's also baseball IQ and 101 and how do you play the game? And you know, Rick Short, who is the assistant hitting coach now in Arizona, he's the one that was scouting him, and he fell in love with him, and I think he pounded the table for for him to be drafted. And um, as the draft got closer, we knew there was high interest. There was getting more scouts who were at the game, and um, but they had to get track their way to. You know, UW-Milwaukee to, find mm-hmm. to see him, but it's the impact. I mean, when this guy starts some home runs, and I know it's a lower-level Division One program, but Milwaukee plays a tough schedule. They play Texas Tech. They play a ton of Southern teams, and they, they can hold their own, and he did. And so, obviously, at college, you have to produce a little bit, and he did. And so he put himself he put himself on the map.
1: I was going to say, as someone who runs now, you run a, a, a baseball league in in uh, the Milwaukee area. I think, in, or are you in the Milwaukee area? I know it's, it's Marshfield. I'm not familiar with the geography, but.
0: That's okay. Marshfield, north central Wisconsin. So if you line up the Twin Cities and Green Bay, we're right dab center. So oh. okay. we're in a metropolis of snow belts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it's
1: cold. There you go. Yeah. But I was going to say, you, because you do run a, a baseball league there, how much of the. lack of interest is the wrong word. I guess how much of the under radar aspect of Dalton's early days owed to the fact that he was, you know, he was in a, he was in a cold weather state. If he'd been living in California or Texas, maybe there'd been more eyes on him.
0: I correct. You know, it's interesting. So my, my brother Dale, um, he's a coach for the Northwoods legal Claire express, and he has contacts with colleges all over the place and trying to get kids to come up here and play for the summer. And he Dallas Baptist was the one team that says, yeah, we'll take him today. And I, and he could have went to Dallas Baptist and, mm-hmm. and, and my, my question was, the Dalton says, well. If you want me to see a play, it's going to be tough for me to get there. Cause I'm still working. I was scouting and mm-hmm. trying to travel around and it was, it was going to be tougher, you know, my wife, Kay and I, and, and the girls. And so I said, Milwaukee's right here. And I said, you know, if you're good enough, you're good enough. It doesn't matter if you're in the 20th round. I said, just go play. And so he, we did, but yeah, I mean, being up here, the exposure is not great. There's a lot of really good players. And ironically, which one thing I'm really proud of here is we had we got Trevor who who's in the Toronto Blue Jays organization. He got trapped in the 13th round three or four years ago. And we had another young man got drafted by the Padres right from our hometown here. So now that we, we are have a, a lifeline, a bloodline of great ball players, but there's a lot of good players up here that probably – have to go to a smaller division to get recognized and do some things so um it's not a hotbed but there's enough scouts here and with dale's help uh with his exposure to other colleges saying you know here's a player here's a player why are you interested so it's a matter of college coaches buying into somebody who can really be accountable uh for kind of like players up in northern wisconsin and and uh and elsewhere that our cold weather climate's you know, places.
2: Gary, why did why did Dalton eliminate his leg kick at the plate?
0: Because he stunk.
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. Does um, it make sense
0: to eliminate it? Well well, so he's he's there's still some unlimited things in there that I know Don Mattingly and Gil, the kidding and coaches and, and Hudgie and those guys They're trying to get out of them to be consistent. So the one thing we tried is to try to incorporate the small leg kick, so he could reproduce a swing that he had in Jackson. We had a really good year in Double A, and he. So obviously, when you the barometer is the game. If you can't, it doesn't happen in the game. You have to make a change. So we tried this and he wanted to incorporate that. And not that he was trying to generate more power. It was just a matter of just rhythm, timing, some balance, and he couldn't do it. He he just can't do it in the game. And, you know, you can practice all you want. It looks great in BP and off the tee, and you can look at the exit velocities in the cage and all that, but if it doesn't parlay into the game, and we've gone through this process a long time, what what works? You um, know, And I tell him this story all the time. So when I got traded from the Cubs to the Pirates, uh, prior to the Cubs, Joe Altabelli would tell me that, hey, you know, you come up to pinch hit, you know, pull the ball, get one out of here, you know, win the game for us and try to pull the ball and you can be practicing it. Well, three weeks later, I was in AAA. <laughs> you know, I, I, can't, I can't do that. So when I got traded over to the Pirates, I talked to Jim Leland, and he got how do you want me to hit? And he looked at me with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and he pulled it out, and he goes, I don't care if you run that bat right up your rear end. just get the <laughs> hell on first man really the point taking is okay, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you've got to barrel the ball how you how you how you get there is what's what really important and again, you know the one thing he does that i just i just sit back and I'm going, how do you take that pitch? I mean I've been around a lot of good hitting coaches, Charlie Manuel being one. Mm. He always talks about seeing rotation. Can you see rotation? Can you? The great ones can really see rotation. Vlad can really see rotation. Yep. He is phenomenal how he sees rotation. And Lee Ilya told me, he goes, you know, those great ones, they see it early, then they see it again, and they're able to make decisions. It's a, it's a phenomenal thing when you start watching great players, how well they can see rotation. Um, and, and not that Dalton's near there, but he can see when he's right and you can see rotation, you can make really good decisions. And so for him to be in position to be able to do that, A, is, is very important. The other thing is you got to be grounded. I said, you got to get your foot down. And so he's always struggled trying to find that feel of what, what's right. And when you're going right, you don't think about it. But when it's not going right, okay, what are the little intricacies? And, and Don Manning, we said something to him really, really great yesterday or a couple of days ago. He goes, look, you're not that far away. It's just a little thing. Just a little bit more posture, and he goes everything's fine, but keeping your left eye behind the ball and simple things um and keeping it keeping hitting simple for him and so again, and he's around guy that he has learned from he's learned from vlad uh, Bichette, i mean chappie I mean th- those guys have really it, springer they have all been great to him, and the hitting coaches have been awesome, so getting him in position to hit and eliminating that because it didn't work in spring training it wasn't working, and finally, you know him and I talk very regularly but the bottom line is is that when it's not right dad's calling and i'm telling i'm just telling you this is what i'm seeing i don't hit i learned this lesson a long time ago i don't hit anymore I, I i'm not in the box anymore so i have to make sure that he understands look if you're barreling the ball everything's great and again i don't care how you do it just barrel the ball and so Sometimes it, 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 there's ebbs and flows throughout the year and things get off a little bit off kilter. But I, I do think now he's closer than what he's ever been, you know, and, and performing. And, and so hopefully he could consistently just has great at-bats. I don't care about hits, I really don't. I care about the at-bat. And I care about competing. And, and if you can barrel the ball up more times, I mean, again, I go back to Vlad. I, I've i been around Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. And it was phenomenal. Phenomenal at seeing rotation, making good choices, uh, and he could barrel the ball. And he was going bad. He had his own flaws, too. But it's like Vlad's special. He, He can put the barrel on the ball, and those are, it's not a freak. It's just like he's just special. And so hopefully we can get Dalton closer and closer to having great at bats throughout the year and, and doing those types of things. That's awesome. Uh,
1: last question before we let you run. Uh, I, I know that in addition to Dalton, uh, Dalton's got a couple of sisters who are, who are good athletes as well. Softball player. I believe a, a basketball player, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but I wanted to ask you because you, you brought that up about dad's calling. How do you, how do you find that balance between, father who was a professional athlete himself and coach and wants to impart advice to his kids, but also wants his kids to have fun and knows when to step back. How did you, how did you walk that line? Was it difficult for you?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. It's, it, but I do remember how hard it is. I do remember standing in the box mm-hmm. going, I don't even know where to put my feet. I mean, i stink right now, and I, I remember that, but the fine line is that what did you feel today? I mean, when we're talking about hitting, mm-hmm. there are two questions I, I just asked. Did you see the ball today, okay, and did you, did you swing at good pitches? Okay, that's the first thing, because if you can't see the ball, if I didn't pick it up and I'm not seeing rotation, that has nothing to do with mechanics, but it's just a matter of letting, the, letting all of them tell me what are you feeling. Because I'm not in the box, I'm not at the free throw line. I'm, I, you know, what are you feeling? And just tell me what you got, and then, then the discussion becomes not so much emotional. It's like, this is what I got. This is what I'm doing. Okay. So then we can go ahead and start the process of going. Well, this is what I see. What do you, what do you think about that? So I think, not dictating. It's having them tell you what are you feeling today. What are you feeling this week? What did you see? I mean, there are tons, tons of times Dalton goes, I just didn't pick it up. I said, I get it. I said, I totally get it. So we're not talking about anything mechanical. We're going to move on in the process and do that, those types of things. So it's a matter of creating the right dialogue and not jumping, going, you know, my daughter, Taylor, she's got no conscience at all. She can miss the first seven shots of the game. She goes, just give me the damn ball. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, that's a great, that's a great thing. But I think in today's game, when we start taking kids to cages and all this kind of stuff, and, you know, we don't see the results of the game. Did you ever ask your son or daughter? What do, you, what do you think? What do you got? And how are we going to get there? How are we going to get there together? I think that's one of the main things that we lose in our society, especially of competitive youth athletics, is that, okay, together, how can we? How can I help you? How can we get through this? So then you can go in there and go, you know what? I get it. It's going to be a lot of failure, but you know what? If you continue to, to, the process and you want to work hard at it, we'll get there. Just got to make sure that that dialogue from the athlete gets through to the parent first. And that's it's a learning skill. It's not like, you know, you get frustrated in the car. The car is the greatest thing in the world after an athletic event. <laughs> and it's all about, it is, it's a great thing when you ride back going, well, what do you got? And he'll tell you and she'll tell you, or it might take a little, if they're mad, it might take them a while. But opening that dialogue is just huge. And, and with Dalton, it's the same thing right now. Even though he's, a, he's in the big league, it's like, tell me what you got. And it's just, It just works.
1: Gary, right. uh, a terrific conversation. Thanks so much awesome. for joining us. Thank yeah, you so much. Thanks
0: for having me. You hey. we enjoy We're looking forward to Toronto. Uh,
1: awesome. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll touch base with you when you wrap here. Thanks again, Gary. Be well. Okay.
0: You bet. You
1: bet. Bye. Gary Varsho, uh, former Major League outfielder with the Cubs, Pirates, Reds, Phillies. He's a coach with the Phillies and Pirates. I forgot about that. He was with the uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland Indians organization, Guardians organization now as well, and father of uh, Dalton. And I think Dalton, Dalton's sister... One of them plays college basketball. I think the other plays college softball. I think Buck and Dan said that. But, hey, I mean, interesting conversation.
2: I've never heard a guy say, keep your left eye behind the ball. That's new to me. I've never heard that. I learned something. When you actually think about – you know, a, a strong base and everything that it takes to make hard contact. And that's something uh, Don
1: Mattingly, Gary said uh, Don Mattingly told him.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And you want to keep both eyes behind the baseball at the point of contact. You don't want one eye or the other to be out and around it. You know, you want good rotation. You want everything with your finish and 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 seeing rotation and, and ha- the way he talked about Vladdy being able to do that. It's special. That was one of the best conversations. And that's why I wanted to ask him because I knew he would know. Yeah. Because stride separation is not the easiest thing to do. It's it's like the toe tap. If you're in between, you're in a hurry, everything's playing catch-up. That's not a good thing. It has to be always almost perfect. And right now for Chapman, it is perfect. Having stride separation means you always have to get off your backside. If you don't, you sit and spin, and your left eye is not behind the baseball. That, for me, is exactly what I was taking away when I was hearing him explain that and and actually say that out loud, it makes perfect sense. And so, could I, you see spin? Out, you played in the
1: majors, so you must well, have been able could, to see spin. But you let try,
2: you try and see the dot. Okay, <laughs> seeing spin is not the easiest thing. I mean, you can if you're an educated guesser, you can sort of guess along when a guy might throw a breaking ball. You know, the little get me over thing. You know, the little get me in if they're behind the count. Like you can sort of guess along with seeing spin to actually see the rotation of the baseball. Within a matter of you snapping your fingers, that's why he only brought up Vladdy. Mm -hmm. He didn't bring up a whole lot of other players, right, of seeing rotation and making good choices.
1: Is it something that gets easier the more you play? Maybe. Or is it one of those things that if you got it, you got it?
2: I think it's sort of when you figure out what you want to do mechanically, you master that. You no longer have to think about it. So now you've got time now, to. You, now it's a graduation to seeing the baseball and getting a good pitch to hit. And I think that's sort of what Dalton's going through. He's trying to graduate. Well, that is uh,
1: yeah. that is tremendous. That gave me sh- chills. I know. I can, I can oh, tell. Oh, I love that I can stuff. Tell in your, oh, your i are telling your reaction it. to these things. I um, want to thank Gary Varshall for joining us. Tremendous uh jeff passan is espn's mlb insider he's a regular contributor to the show he'll join us next we are going to talk a little bit about the rays we've got to talk about shohei otani another first for shohei otani last night i mean it makes sense he's probably the only guy this is going to happen to and uh, we've got a trivia question as well to give away uh tickets to jay's game all that ahead it's blair and barker on sportsnet 590 the fan sportsnet 360 and wherever you get your favorite podcast Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two o'clock will be the time of the first pitch this afternoon from Kansas City as the Jays and Royals wrap up their four game series do Jays, three and three after go. the three, nothing win last night. What'd you go oh, for?
2: Because I learned something. Oh, you're still. Yeah, I like that. That left eye behind the ball is, that's great stuff. And I, I had to get up and show you. Yeah, you did. What that meant. You did. Which, because I'd never really thought of it that way until he said it. I mean, it makes perfect it's sense. Really, really cool. It, it makes. It's it, great stuff. It makes perfect sense from it's a. It's simple. Yes, that, that's that's the whole point is you want to simplify it to, you know, not have dudes heads about to pop off when they're trying to walk to the plate at the big league level. You just don't want that. So it's very simple. It's direct. Don't overthink it. If you do that little left eye behind the ball, everything will take shape the way you want it to.
1: I uh, love it. Our friends at ESPN have come out with their power rankings one week into the season. The Jays are eighth. Uh, the Braves are number one. So no surprise. Astros two. Yankees mm-hmm. three. Rays four. Uh, folks, we got to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, they're six and oh. <clears throat> They've got a an ERA of two. They've scored more runs than any team in baseball. A- Uh-oh. Yeah, if they score runs, they've the, out, the league's in trouble. Kevin, they've outscored their opponents by 31 runs. Okay, well, I mean, well okay, stink, yes, they've outscored. But yes. they still have to score runs. But they still have to score runs. Um, they are six and zero. Oh. They've got a series against the Oakland Athletics coming up at home, and then a series against the franchise formerly known as the Boston Red Sox uh, coming up. You're funny. At the start of the Tiger series, our friend Dan Schulman was kind of joking on the air about you know. Looking at the schedule and saying, "Man, who, I don't think it's a joke." Who knows what the Rays? The Rays could be eleven and three, 11 and two, when they come into Toronto. Well, guess what? The Rays could be eleven and two when they come into Toronto. Let's bring in Jeff Passan. Pardon me, uh, MLB Insider, ESPN. So, so, Jeff, uh, I mean, you know, we're we're used to the Rays pitching, um, but and understanding Washington, Detroit, not very good teams, all that. They're awfully good, and and they don't have Tyler Glasnow yet.
3: I I said earlier this week um, that the Rays might have the best rotation in baseball and got laughed at. Uh, I'm not wrong. Like when Glasnow comes back, let's just go through it. Shane McClanahan is a number one starter and not like number one. He starts opening day. He's like a number one, number one. He's an ace. Really, really. Yes. Uh, Jeffrey Springs you know, comes out of nowhere. And I heard more from scouts this spring about how good Jeffrey Springs looks. He added a sweeper. Uh, His changeup is already probably one of the five best in baseball. And he's just got this exquisite command on his fastball. Uh, He's a really, really, really good pitcher. Drew Rasmussen, uh, another guy who had a sub three ERA last year, looked fantastic in his first start. Zach Eflin, uh, somebody who has shown promise his whole career and then goes to Tampa Bay and gets the Rays treatment and has a chance to step up another level. And then Glasnow, when he comes back from his oblique, I mean, that is a World Series caliber rotation right there, guys. And... When you're adding Wander Franco looking like the player all of us thought he was going to, and a lineup that doesn't scream, like, great at you but has enough depth and versatility and uh, handedness and platoon ability to go out there and put up runs every day. And, and a bullpen that is sneaky good and has specialists and guys with trick pitches. And, I mean, we're talking about an elite team here now they played the Tigers and the Nationals. Mm. They're going to be playing the A's. There is no easier schedule that you can have. And I think for the first month of the season, the, the Rays are going to look like absolute world beaters because their schedule sticks. Uh, to me, the more indicative thing with them is going to be May and June when their schedule really picks up and they start playing better teams.
1: Jeff, when, when they went out and signed Eflin, um, and I will admit, I didn't, you know, I didn't pay... Obviously, I saw the Phillies in the postseason, but I'd be lying if I said I kept a close eye on on, on the Phillies throughout the, the the regular season. They signed Zach Eflin. I thought that's kind of neat. Uh, the reaction from from a lot of baseball people was that's that's not neat. That's a great. That's a good signing. What is it about Zach Eflin that that that, that baseball people were so in on? Like everybody just said, that's such a great signing for the Rays. It's a great signing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's the combination of size and stuff, you know, he's a big dude. He's like six, six and he throws hard and he's got good breaking stuff. And he throws the ball over the plate, and he gets weak contact. Like he's got all the ingredients where if you have a system that's in place already, that has proven to develop pitching at an extraordinary level. You know, it's like the rays, the guardians, the Dodgers and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you have that, And and you put a guy with the raw physical tools in place and translate those into skills, presumably, then you're talking about someone who's, uh, in most rotations, a top three guy. Now, with the Phillies, the question was always health, and and that's what held him back from being a $100 million guy as opposed to a $40 million guy, but... It was the Rays and the Red Sox, and the Red Sox thought that they had the deal done, and Zach Eflin, who is from the Tampa area, wanted to stay home. Because I think, you know, one part of it was, yeah, I want to be near family. But another part of it was, yeah, I want to be with this team that does things right. And I think if you look at the Tampa Bay Rays and their reputation in the industry, it's that they're an organization that does things right.
2: Jeff, should I overreact about the Astros or the
3: Brewers more? In terms of uh, the Astros being bad and the Brewers being yeah, bad ba- Well, bad's a strong
2: word. But look, I watch the games. I watch the Astros. Don't look like the Astros last year. Again, I think they're three and four or whatever they are. they're missing pieces just they don't look the same now again this is early sample size and you know you don't want to overreact but there's some other good teams in the american league who are maybe looking a little bit better and then the brewers are five and one like i it's just a sort of again this is early sample sizes but you want to you want to jump on one of those situations which one should i jump on
3: I mean, I picked the Brewers to win the Central. So I've been in on the Brewers. And to me, it was a pitching thing with them. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, I look at the Cardinals rotation, and I'm just like, eh. And I look at the Brewers rotation, and even though Corbin Burns has been knocked around so far, they've got Brandon Woodruff, they've got Freddy Peralta, they've got Eric Lauer. I mean, they've they've got depth there. They've got real depth. Their hitting, though, has been incredible. And it's been young guys – like Garrett Mitchell, and they've also got uh, Sal Frelick at Triple-A, who's going to be up at some point, and Willie Adamas. Uh, you know, you see Christian Yelich's contract, Kevin, and you're like, oh, my God, what a what a miss that was. How are they going to survive that? Mm-hmm. The answer is death. And, and the Brewers' player development system is one of the best in baseball. They've done a really good job of bringing up homegrown guys and – so I'm I'm fully in on Milwaukee, and I'm also not doubting the Astros at this point. They've just done too much over the last half decade yeah. mm-hmm. for, for us to look past them and say, yeah, we can say, is this team going to win 106 games again? No, probably not. But are they still the favorite in the American League West? Absolutely. And yeah, one of the things that I...
1: Kind of wonder about the astros jeff and and we see it a lot in other sports you see it in, in hockey an awful lot when you've got teams that are always in the postseason and always going late into the post season you know that's a lot of extra pressurized games that you're playing it's a lot of extra games i mean derek jeter practically played i think he played an extra season, it's a it's a season. It's a yeah. postseason yep. now alex Bregman, not off to a great start. You know, he's the 86 postseason games. I mean, and we're not talking full season there. But I, I, I wonder if there just isn't a point where you, the Astros just have a bunch of guys that have played a whole crap ton of baseball in a short period yeah. of time. And I wonder if, you, if that might be a bit of a concern with some of these guys.
3: I look at that more as a positive than a negative. Okay. If you're, if you, I mean, look, if you're in those games and you have the experience, the and you've won and you understand what it takes to win, to me that's a far greater benefit than whatever energy drain it might mm-hmm. be. Uh, to to me, the hardest part of October is bringing yourself down and and not treating these games like regular season games, because they are very clearly different. But understanding that your ability to perform in them doesn't change just because of that pressurized environment. That, that you know, The pressure can be a good thing if you know how to translate it. And who knows better how to translate it than an organization with players who have been through what the Astros have been through, some of it self-inflicted, uh, some of it not. A
2: pass, a pass, uh, Matt Chapman's got up to a hot start. He hit, I, I was looking his, up his numbers while you we were talking right there. He's hit two twenty nine last year with 27 homers and 76 yeah. RBIs. My, my question to you is, I've, I've heard some rumblings of $200 million. Now, I, I sort of roll my eyes at that because I just don't see, now he's not hitting seventh now, but, you know, throughout his Blue Jay career, it's basically on a good team. You're hitting seventh and giving a guy $200 million is a big number because everybody, if I'm giving him that, I'm saying, well, you're hitting seventh on a contending team. That's why we're bringing you here. But my question is, how inf- more inflated do you think those numbers would have to be for that conversation to be around that $200 million mark?
3: I think if Matt Chapman finishes the season hitting 522, he'll get $200 million. <laughs> yeah. What about 225? I, I, think, I, think, yeah, I was going to say, we could we could make an anagram of those numbers. It'll be a little bit different. Um, Matt, Matt Chapman's not a $200 million player, yeah. but, but that that also doesn't mean Matt Chapman isn't a really good player, and I don't discount the possibility that Matt Chapman could be a nine-figure guy, but... He needs to be the Matt Chapman of like 2018 and 19 in order to do so. Uh, What Matt Chapman has turned into over the last couple of years is a guy who is going to strike out a ton, is going to walk a decent amount, is not going to have a good batting average, is going to hit home runs, uh, but more than that is going to play a really good third base. Like it's fun to watch Matt Chapman play third base. And, uh, I think he's going to benefit enormously, as he should, from the very mediocre free agent hitting class of 2023-24. Like, this is a bad, bad off season for hitters. And if you're a team that's looking to transition from the middle of the pack, say, to contender, maybe he's a guy who fits for you. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be long-term in Toronto because I feel like the the necessity for – signing up Vlad Guerrero long-term and looking at some of these other guys is going to force them to make a decision, and Matt Chapman is not going to fit into that budget. But, uh, you know, if he goes out and has a great year, maybe the Jays feel like he's an indispensable piece of this core and are the ones who go out and spend that money because certainly they have it. It's just a matter of how they want to distribute it. Jays start the season three and three. Are you worried about your pick? No, I'm not worried about my pick at all. When I see, and granted, it's against the Royals, but when I see Alec Mano go out and throw seven innings of one-hit shutout baseball last night, and when I know that Chris Bassett had his worst start of the season in the first game, and when I see Yusei Kikuchi regularly pumping 97, yeah, and 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 when you know the the Dalton Varsho show uh, has Gary been on yet? By the way. Yeah, we had him on. Right? He was terrific. Oh, he was awesome. He was terrific. Yeah, not a. I mean, Dalton Varsho, guys, is a really, really good baseball player. Yeah, and I know, I know it hurt to get, to give Gabby Moreno up, but uh, when you have a guy like Alejandro Kirk who's an All Star behind the plate, sometimes you got to trade from positions of strength to get stronger elsewhere. And I think that that trade, though they gave up more in value than they got, I think, uh, was a a perfectly reasonable deal for the Jays to make because. They are in the winning zone. Like, Mm -hmm. these are the years where you know you've got Bo for the next three seasons. You know you've got Vlad Guerrero for the next three seasons. Like, you know that at the end of this window, it could be a completely different-looking Toronto Blue Jays team, so you damn sure better go as all out as you can to win now because these windows, they vanish quickly. I mean, remember... After 2016, I think everybody in the baseball world thought the Chicago Cubs were a burgeoning dynasty. And you know how many World Series they've won since? None. And, and that's because baseball is hard, and baseball is weird, and baseball doesn't make sense. And you got to have as much luck as you do talent to win even one of them.
1: The uh, Jays window of opportunity also includes Jose Barrios under contract until he can opt out in 2026. Uh, This is sports talk. Stop it. This is sports talk radio. We're great at hindsight. Is that going to be looked at as a bad contract down the road?
3: Well, it's not looking great right now. Um, You know, here's the thing about Barrios. He still shows all of the flashes that you want to see for a great pitcher. You know, the, the sweeper still sweeps. The two-seamer still runs. Like, the stuff is all there. But at some point, uh, you know, you need dope on the table, right? Like, you need to have evidence that all of this that you're talking about wistfully, uh, all, all of this potential actually turns into something and turns into production. And, I, you know... The, the confidence in Jose Barrios right now is low, and he's earned that. But I'm not going to sit here and suggest that excellence doesn't reside within, because I still think he can be the sort of pitcher who they gladly gave $130 million to and thought, hey, we got a pretty good deal.
1: Uh, a couple of questions before you we left we, we let you run. First of all, probably no surprise that Shohei Otani is the first person to get nailed for a pitch clock violation as a pitcher and a hitter in the same game. That would <laughs> I, you could probably get some pretty good pretty good odds on that. Um, but uh, it, you know the question we always ask you, we're now we're uh, full week into the season here. Uh, pitch clock's really been a, it's been a resounding success, hasn't it? Like this will be the last time I'll ask you about it because I, I think it's been a resounding success. I think the players like it. Fans sure seem to like it. Just anecdotally, everything we're hearing, I haven't heard one person complain about it.
3: There, there are people who are complaining still. Okay. And I think they're, in the, I, I think they're in the minority. Um, and, and I think there's more an emotional component to that than, than there is, did Major League Baseball set out a rule and execute it. I think the execution of what Major League Baseball did is remarkable. Uh, it's it's very rare that you see such a fundamental shift in in a product that lands as well as this has. But I think, and, and I'm, I'm trying to jump into the, the minds and understand the people who are against the pitch clock, and here's where I've landed. Uh, our lives are they 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 evolve very rapidly everything we do now feels like it's time sensitive and pressurized and that the the world is squeezing on us and sometimes we're just looking for a reason to sit back and and relax and not have everything go so quickly and i think the people who don't like the pitch clock Really missed that. That baseball was their outlet where they knew, you know what? I can drift off for five minutes, and I'm not going to miss a whole lot. And that's okay. I want that. I desire that. This is my outlet. And now baseball's a lot like everything else in our lives. It's moving really, really fast, sometimes too fast for our appetites. Um, me, personally, I don't see it that way. I freaking love it. I think it's great. I think the game is better. I, I think it's crisper. I think there's more action. And I think a lot of that is directly a function of the clock. But I understand why people might not like it, because baseball fills a different uh, gap in all of our lives. And for some people, it was that thing that they could just sit back and, and you know not have to, to feel immediately involved and invested in at every given moment which is what the game demands of fans now right
1: mm-hmm. uh last question for you before we uh let you run uh, grayson rodriguez made his major league debut last night uh against jacob Degrom, but we've seen uh, adley rushman debut and, and I mean, he he ain't going anywhere other than to multi multi multi, uh, multi year contract land slash All Star slash MVP land. Gunnar Henderson's made his debut. What could be the uh, what are they going to do with Grayson Rodriguez? Do you think how does this play out for them?
3: Like, is he here I mean, to stay? Be- yeah, that's that's a question that I've had that hasn't uh, hasn't been answered. yet. I think he can pitch his way onto the team and into the rotation. The, the Orioles' greatest weakness is starting pitching. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they are they are running like madmen. And, I mean, two games with five stolen bases. Like, uh, that's something that you never would have even thought was a possibility before the, the bigger bases and the lack of disengagement. So uh, they're playing a specific brand of baseball. And, look, they've got – Colton Kowser and Joey Ortiz and Heston Kierstad and Kobe Mayo. And I mean, I can keep going on all the prospects they have. I, the best of them all is Jackson Holiday, Matt Holliday's kid, who it wouldn't shock me if he's in the big leagues next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he was, and he was the number one overall pick in this past draft. Uh, with the Orioles, it's going to be about pitching. Uh, and, and it's going to be about what are they willing to go out and spend. Uh, they should lock Adley Rushman up. They should lock Gunnar Henderson up. They should uh, lock Grayson Rodriguez up. They should do everything they can to to follow what the best teams do. And the talent there is immense. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, can you land the plane? Mr. Passen? as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Great stuff,
1: buddy. Thanks. Pleasure's mine, boys. Take See you care. next week. Absolutely. That's Jeff Passon, MLB. Insider for ESPN. Uh, love is, uh, yeah. The, the the Matt Chapman. Listen, I, I'm at the point. If I'm the Blue Jays, mm. and, and I, I don't know, I don't know where the talks have gone. If they've even had talks, but. And I know you have to get Vladdy. You have to get Vladdy settled. Thought he's not already thought. Do you at least? It, if you're the Jays, do you talk to Matt Chapman not, about resigning? Not if it's two hundred million. Well, it's not going to be. I think you know we heard, we've had people say one fifty once. Do do you do you have a, that conversation with Matt Chapman? Who's his agent? I, yeah, but you've signed guys that he represents. That's hey, not yeah. an issue anymore. Hey, it's God good. Almighty, you gave us, you gave you say Kikuchi. <laughs> You know, you practically gave him a lifetime worth of money to be lousy for a full year, and then he brought him back and let him win a job in your rotation. So it's not like I, it's I'm not like you. they've, uh, you know, the Jays have done Scott here, Boris. Here's, they haven't done him hard. You know what my, I mean? I, I have an easy answer for that.
2: Yeah. End of the season, I'll tell you my answer. End of the season, he gone. No, I'm saying, depending on how this season goes.
1: Yeah, but if he, he hits, reaches free agency, he's out of here.
2: Okay, <laughs> I'm. I'm not having it tomorrow. If that's your, if that's what—that's what I'm saying. No, I'm not.
1: Okay, no, I'm not. Okay. So you
2: I, again, I get back to that thing where he hits in the lineup for the Blue Jays. I that's understand fair. where he's hitting now. That's fair. But for the most part, he's not hit there. Yeah, that's no, the that, seventh. I've, I'm not giving a dude. No, I agree. I, 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 agree I, I even you. 150s a lot. Like that's a lot. I get. I get defensively what he brings, and everybody lo- seems to love him on the team. And I mean, he hit 220 last year. Okay, there's got to be a little something to that. No. Yeah, I'm just struck wondering. out 180 times. I'm just wondering because
1: this is an organization that's spending money and locking guys yeah, they, up. And they I, are. The I, I just, I, I'm interested about the Vladdy thing. Well, I, I, especially I,
2: I just don't understand why we don't even hear
1: conversations but I, about that. See, which is odd. I made this point time and again. I think part of that is because, and maybe it's just a language thing, but every time it's brought up with Vladdy, it's like no big deal. are you, right? uh, I'll, I'll, uh, no, no. But he, let me he must let me be the only guy. Well, pu- no, doesn't public. Like money. No, money. publicly when he's asked about it, he said, yes, I'd love to sign it. And if you, you see the things that he says to, you know, uh, to, to, to the Dominican and the Spanish-speaking reporters, he's, he's been very consistent. Like, uh-huh. there's no mystery. He said, yeah, I'd love to sign here. Love to have that conversation. Does it worry you that it hasn't happened yet? Nope. So it could just be that he's happy making a, a crap ton of money. And he ain't too worried about it anyhow, because the old man made a crap ton uh, that, of money uh, too. Ri- but uh, but I'm just I, I'm I'm saying you asked me why is it not a big deal? It's because Vladdy didn't make it a big deal. Vladdy didn't force the team didn't force the team bad oh, choice. A, he's a good guy. He he's not going to say, it. He's not gonna say it out loud. There was not a renewal like there was with Just you. You hear every other organization
2: with their best player. They can't wait to have the conversation out loud. Tell everybody we can't wait because he's a great player. He's going to be here forever. You ever heard them say that
1: about Vladdy? They've all said that, the same that's, thing. That's they, the they, thing I'm talking about. They, it's I know the number will probably be huge. See, to me, it's, it, it's a non-issue. I, it's a non-issue. I'm not it's an issue. It's just you don't think it's odd. It's I, a little odd. I, I did until I, I did I did until last year when I just realized that light doesn't seem to whether or not it's that he doesn't seem to care. It does not appear to be something that is front of his well, mind. He makes where, some solid where, money off the is, field. I'm sure. Where, where is I? I don't know how much money ball players make what, off the field. Well, well but, he makes a little bit more than most. Where, whereas with Bo, I think it was a big deal, and it's just guys are wired well, differently. Bo wanted to feel wanted yeah, but guys are wired differently. It's entirely possible that Vladi doesn't care' it's in, that, that's entirely possible. and Vladi knows that he's going to be making that money eventually. but you, again, to get back to your question, why aren't we talking about him more? Why isn't it a bigger deal? Because the player I mean, doesn't not, not because us. the player doesn't seem the, you're asking me a general question. I'm saying it's because the player doesn't treat it as a big deal. If the player doesn't treat it as a big deal, mm. it doesn't become a controversy. Let me ask you a question. That's what if, happened if, with if, Ollie Marmol and Tyler O'Neill yesterday when O'Neill was benched. It's because the two rockheads <laughs> made it a big deal. If he comes out and says it, what, would it change their mind? Would they all of a sudden want to do it? I think if he comes out and says, you know, makes a statement that indicates that he's Not starting happy. to get worried or is unhappy, Yeah. Because then, everybody goes to talk to Mark and Ross about it, and 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 now the question is: See, the question's different now because it's not: Does the organization have the money to sign via? Because everybody uh, looks. Uh, I mean, they, yeah, they that, signed that everybody. Was a little different than everybody else's Yeah, but number, but right? Kevin, they've they've signed everybody that ne- that needed to be signed. We didn't think I didn't think they were going to get Bobichet signed to a multi-year contract. I I just didn't. I thought that was going to go year to year the way Vladi is. So. That's where the discussion really becomes interesting, but but listen, I'm going to credit I'm going to credit both sides. We know they've had talks. Mm-hmm. Both sides have said they've had talks. Both sides have have said, and you know, Ross has been and Mark have been open about this. You know, if, for a long term deal to be signed, there's got to be an element of shared risk. And I know everybody says that sounds like eyewash, but you know what? That's actually what happens when you sign somebody to a long term contract. Huh. You give a little, they give a little. You're sharing a risk. That's what we hear all the time. And it just does not appear to be a big deal. So I stopped thinking about it last year because it occurred to me last year that it really wasn't that big a deal. And until I hear Vladdy come out and say, I'm worried, I'm upset, doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me. Okay. The bottom line is, it's to his benefit to go out and rake. Well, it's not going to Regardless hurt. of that. Uh we've got tickets to give away to see the Jays and the Rays down at the Rogers Centre on April Rays. 14th. The, the the 11 and 2 Rays and the 13, 13 and 0 Rays. Uh by the way, uh, what's the little item on mlb.com? The last team to go 6 and 0 to start a year and average I don't know what it was, but anyhow, it it, it was the, the Rays have done something that hasn't been done since the 1888 Maroons of St. Louis did it. I remember those teams. Those are really uh, really, really, really underrated teams. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, th- this is uh, tickets to see the Jays and the Rays in April 14th. We've been giving you a chance, and we will be giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long on Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or in our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question, the five ninety five ninety. Yesterday's question and answer was, and I was really disappointed in some of your answers, Shout out to the dude who sent in Sparky Anderson. I don't even know the World Baseball Classic existed when he. Anyhow, this longtime Tigers manager is the only manager to win both a World Series and a World Baseball Classic title. Folks, I gave it away to you yesterday when I talked about Jim Leland smoking a cigarette while he was on the patch, which Obviously of course has always happened. Led to a led to a a, a cavalcade a a. An avalanche of Jim Leland stories, which always happens. Jim Leland was the answer. It wasn't Sparky Anderson. Sparky, <clears throat> wasn't uh, Sparky Anderson. M- Miller Huggins uh, or whatever the hell his name you was. You won't write Jim, that. Watch Jim, me, Jim, Jim Fergosi. <laughs> he never managed yeah, the Tigers. No, you won't write that. You want to bet? <laughs> Anyhow, today's question, as I mentioned, is when Texas uh, to see the Jason Rays at the Rogers Center, April fourteenth. The question <laughs> is. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, this is solid. This is solid. Y'all you're going to have to think about this a little bit. And you're going to have to pay attention. Which current MLB manager started his playing career with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays? Again, listen very very oh, carefully. Which current MLB manager started his playing career with the Tampa Bay Devil Can I give a hint? No. You can text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. And no, it wasn't Jim Fergosi or Sparky (laughs) Anderson. The back leg line, it is open. Uh, 416-413-3959. Questions, comments, allegations, accusations for Kevin Barker. All that ahead. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360. Oh, hi, mom, by the way. And wherever you get your favorite podcast.
0: Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The
1: Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The lineup for this afternoon's Blue Jays game. Two o'clock is the first pitch. No George Springer in the lineup today. I oh. presume it's just a day off. Yep. Uh Bo Bichette yeah. is leading off at short. Jr. Jr.'s DHing, uh hitting second. Dalton Varsho, the official player of the Blair and Barker show, is batting third and at left field. Matt Chapman is cleaning up. He's at third base. Whit Merrifield's at second. Brandon Belt is at first base. Danny Jansen's behind the plate. Kevin Vigios in right field, Kevin Kiermaier in center, Kevin Gossman on the mound, for the Blue like Jays. like a winner to me. I mean, that makes sense. You're giving Springer, and, and again, I, I've not seen anything to suggest there's an injury to Springer or anything like that. You're giving Springer the day off. Uh it makes sense that you would, and it's a sign, I think, of a manager who likes his lineup. Instead of going, oh, no, George Springer, I got to do all this, you just go, nope, everybody moves up one. Bob's your uncle away, we go. Yeah don't have
2: anything to add I I I just I, I chuckle at the day off
1: <clears throat> well <That's> don't <laughs> okay. sorry. don't sorry it's you, just, you have I to chuckle. do well you, you have to do some preventative maintenance with George Springer you just do like I don't it's oh you moved him to right yeah I know but I you mean, just, oh God with Barker, Jesus <laughs> like you're just I know. The smart people. No, it, it's because, you know, there are people out there. Oh, Burke is saying that spring is not earning his money because he's not yeah. playing No, every you day. just said
2: that. Now no. they're going to say it because you just said it. Well, that, I that didn't say your, that. That was your indication. I didn't say that. You rolled I, your I say, eyes. I said
1: it's odd the first week of the season. No, it's he ain't not odd the first week of the odd. season. It's a little odd. It happens. It happens. You're not talking about a guy that... But you're the one that's telling me that he ain't going to play 145 games this year, yeah, probably. I'll
2: do it, do it well, after, right. after the first week of the season. Uh,
1: I just, I don't know.
2: Oh, I knew it'd get you fired up. It didn't get me fired up. It just
1: annoyed me. It annoyed me because I know that there are people out there who, who are going to be. A lot of money. Stop playing every day. Anyhow. So Bichette's leading off. Guru's hitting second. Brandon Belt at first base. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, okay, we've seen Brandon Belt. We talked about his uh, numbers. Was it nine, what did I say? 15, 15 at-bats, nine, at nine strikeouts. Now, Kevin Barker, Brandon Belt's got him World Series rings and all that. But if you could talk to Brandon Belt. He wouldn't listen. No, of course he wouldn't. I mean, I don't listen to you. But if you could talk to Brandon Belt. He wouldn't listen. No, I mean, <laughs> Hazel, me, your son. Bafo, no, Lance. Listens. Yeah, no, your my son. son listens. Listens. Anyhow, joining yeah, a, 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 wait, wait, wait. A, a lengthy list of people who don't listen to you. Talk mm. to me about what you would you would say to Brand, uh, Brandon Farshall, Brandon Belt.
2: Uh, you know, you're just I having a to conversation. The, the first with thing him. you'd have to ask him are you healthy? <clears throat> are you 100% with your lower half? If the answer is yes, then you start asking, like Gary said, how are you feeling? What are you seeing? Are you seeing the baseball? That's the first thing you got to ask him. If the answer is yes to that, then it's a it's a mechanical lower half timing thing. And are you guessing too much, right? Doesn't look to me like he's guessing. Just looks to me like he's swinging under any Pitch, like, I, yeah, he's got an uppercut swing. He's got an odd start when it comes to he's not always two eyes on the target. He's got a little tilt where he's really got to force the chin on the right shoulder. That's a lot of tension, right? All, every time you move in your head and you really got to force it, what's that put tension on your hands? You start squeezing that bat just a little bit tighter, and when you do, your bat plays catch up. It's not free and easy, right? It's not just able to take the barrel and drop it on baseball. That's what I'm seeing. The barrel looks slow. It looks slow getting to the pitch. And, and this, gonna, is, this is what I'm asking you. I'm what, going to say this. I'm,
1: I'm going to say this because I, I don't think I'm – I'm not telling tales out of school here or anything. But you were down in Florida in spring training. And one of your takeaways, it's safe to say, you're a little concerned about the bat speed. And I think we... No question. And, and, and Kirky. I said it. You, you on did. our show. Yeah. Um, but I think with Brandon Belt, a lot of us just thought, okay, you know, you know older guy coming off an injury, blah, blah, blah. No, I, again, my, my expectations, I, I know what's going to happen. I know, I know what... I know. I, we well, already had calls on Blue Jays talk last night about Brandon Belt. I know where it's going with Brandon Belt if it doesn't turn it around. I had no expectations. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. That that means they're in win mode. Yeah, if you had told Performance me... Performance-driven. If you had asked me at the start of the year, what's more likely to happen? Brandon Bell gets 25 home runs or he's not in the lineup or he's a bench player by the end of the year. I would have said bench player by the I end. Mean, year. I mean, he's this hit 20 homers one time. It. Yes.
2: We we all know where he played his home games. We get it. But he played some road games. Ball carries him on the road. Yeah. In the division he played in. I, if you got power, you got power. I, that's... I, again, I get back to the expectations. What is it? Is it he gets hot for a week and you play the hot hand and you move him around the he's, order? You give him. You have to give him a couple of days off? He he is there just for the purpose of, like today, yeah. it's a day game after a night game, giving Vladdy the DH just, spot and letting him play first yeah, base. You know, Maybe he, that's why he's here.
1: He, he's a lefty bat that's done he's it He's a good before. defender. The way I look at it, he's a lefty bat that's done it before. And, uh, yeah, that that's where we are. Whatever he gives me, he gives it to me. And I, do I think there is possibly a time this year where he goes on a bit of a roll and wins some games for you? Hell Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely mm-hmm. there is. Absolutely All there year. is. Mm-hmm. 416-413-395 line. <laughs> Did I get that right? 413-395 <laughs> your Well, you're on
2: a roll. Oh, God, it's, it's right up there. on the wall.
1: Blair and Barker, back leg line. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's even, look, Jen's even put it on. Wasn't Jen. On the TV. Yes, it was. It was Lance. I think. No, it wasn't. No, it's up there on the TV. Oh, it's on, on the, the TV. Oh, yeah. 416-413-3959. Um, <clears throat> leave comments for Barker, criticisms, witticisms, allegations, accusations. Questions. I'll take questions. Ben from Lethbridge called in.
2: I got a question for uh, Mr. Jeff Blair since he is so adamant that Bo should be hitting in the cleanup spot. And personally, I like him in the number two spot. So I want to pick Jeff's brain and see if
1: this this will be a quick call
2: out of the two spot,
1: which I think he fits the best in. Who do you put in the two spot instead of him? Tremendous question. And uh, Barker, if you want to give him a hard time for it too, that's great. Thanks guys. Have a good one. That's a great call. Uh, Thanks, man. It's a great call. Uh, Dalton Varsho. I like my number... I uh, don't let- get... Cre- like, all of a sudden... Stop. Just... <laughs> will you shut up and let me finish? <laughs> what just happened here? No. Let what- me- <laughs> I like my number two hitter... To be Dalton. To be a lefty. I like a little bit of speed. I think it opens up a lot of things for the Blue Jays. Again, you said if, if Bo Bichette is, in, and this is what you said the other day when I said Bo Bichette was going to move to second. There's no other option. Move to clean up or, or, or move to clean up. There's no other. There's no other option. It would be Varsho. Uh, wouldn't be Chapman. He's making good content. To me, it yeah, would be think,
2: Yeah, I don't think it's right now. I think your point is if they struggle offensively, have trouble scoring runs, you want to play for the big inning. The yeah. big inning is more important than Bo getting the extra bat, one more bat than Varshow. That's what you're trying
1: to say. That's say right. it that way. That's right. That's what you're if trying to say. If this goes the way it's gone so far, I'm okay with this lineup right now. Like I'm not well, coming obviously. on here. I'm not coming on here and saying they got to move Bo into the cleanup spot because uh, I, I they don't have to. It's working right now with Varsal and Chapman hitting in the middle, uh, hitting in the middle of the order. But um, I just I, I said that I think ultimately at some point this year, if it's a revolving door, they'll move Bo to the cleanup spot. They don't have a cleanup here. No, they Bo, don't. Bo's not a cleanup here. No, they don't. No, I mean, who would your other choice be if they were Alejandro Kirk? I don't want Alejandro Kirk in the who cleanup spot. No, so, but that's what I'm saying. If they, uh, there's no there there, it's not like they're I don't want Brandon Belt in there. I don't care yeah, who's if, pitching. If if Belt's hot and I know he's smoking hot and hammering everything, and Dalton
2: Varsho's not, I flip flop him for a week or four, four or five mm. days. That's a revolving door for me. I'm playing the hot hand. Right now it's Chapman of Varsho. Oh yeah.
1: Easy. Yeah, there's no doubt. Right now the lineup is no fine brainer. the way it is. And as I said, mm. the Jays lineup today. I like the fact that Springer's out and they've just bumped everybody up. That's that's what you should do. Don't overthink. No. Don't move Kiermaier to the leadoff spot. You've won two in a row. You should be four and two right now because, you know, you lost a game where where the third baseman made his annual error. The only error Matt Chapman's going to make all year, he made it. Well, he does. Matt Chapman makes one error a year, basically. I mean, I'm overstating it, but it's not going to happen again. hmm. Jeremiah from Godrich. He's got a question or a comment.
3: Uh, just a question about Jose Breos, which is probably half oh. the questions you're getting on this line, but I imagine it will be until he either figures it out or the, uh, you know, the leash has gotten a little bit tighter. And that's just kind of what I'm curious about. How long do you think the leash will be for Jose Breos? Um, clearly the team's trying to win a World Series, and I just wonder, I know they're paying him a lot, but... You know, at some point, they're going to have to make some kind of decision. If he doesn't sort of figure it out, I have a hard time imagining they'll run him out there um, for super extended periods of time if they think they might have another option. Anyways, love the show. Thanks, guys. It's a great question.
1: Jeff? I, I mean, t- to me, it depends entirely on what Yusei Kikuchi gives me. If Yusei Kikuchi gives me this, then Jose Brios is my number five starter and he gets the scraps. I can't put it any other way. You're not going to shut him down. You're not going to send him down to Triple you're, A. You're not going to trade him. I mean, I don't know. God, I mean, I said Vernon Wells' contract was never going to get traded, and along comes Tony Regan's, and the contract gets traded. So that co- cured me of ever saying that there's no such thing as a contract. As a, as it would a be tough, I, think, be to your point. I I think it would be tough. But, yeah. but I think it's very simple. Uh, you know, the first two spots in the rotation are set. You hope Chris Bassett's good. If you say Kikuchi if what we saw in the spring and what we saw in that it's first real, start continues, if it's real, then sorry, Jose, you're the, you're, you're the dude that picks up the scraps. And you know what? If Ricky Tiedemann pushes the envelope down Ryu comes back and, and Ryu comes yeah. back. We, we got to win. We got to, we got to put a guy out there. Who's going to, who's going to help us win, go to the world series. It's that simple. And it's at least, and given the fact that this ownership has spent as much money as it has mm. in things. One thing I know about this group, and they've done this. They they will say, "Hey, I, I know we're paying you a ton of money, but you know what? But
2: it is the second year of that deal. I think you got to be careful saying that. At least this well, you're year not is gonna, the second year of this deal. You're, you're not. I get what you're saying about move, moving him back to the to the. Your, he's your fifth starter. I mean, what's the difference between a four starter and a fifth starter? There is nothing. No, mm,
1: but what I'm saying, but, what I meant is, you know, Jose, if if Kikuchi is what he is, what he has appeared so far, mm-hmm. if Bassett comes through. Then Barrios gets whatever those scraps are. He'll, he'll he'll get what the fifth starter would normally get. That means he may not get a couple of starts because we're fiddling around with the rotation. Again, who knows what, what Ricky Tiedemann's going to look like. Uh, I mean, there's always an injury possibility. I, I don't know. You've got Ryu coming back. I mean, I know this. You're moving him into the bullpen. The hell. that You can't. Doesn't you can't you, well, no. You can't. He can't give you help. anything to the bullpen, right? It's like. Right well, now, Ho- right now, Jose Brios in the bullpen. Is, it's, it's like it's, a it's, a it's like sending it's... a dude with a gallon of gasoline to put out a fire. It's a, a one-in thing most of the time, right? It's and the... is he going to come out and throw strikes? Oh, go one to three, three, one to three. Question. So there,
2: he is Will what he break is
1: anymore. No. Will the
2: velocity be better? Probably not.
1: No. Um. Bah, bah. It's, a,
2: it's a good question, though.
1: Well, it's 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 a question that I'm sure that I'm sure they don't want to answer. They don't want to <laughs> <answer, laughs> be betcha. asked, and they don't want to answer. Yeah, but I get I get your point. Uh, you want to win, you know, you, you, you want a little... The thing Jose Barrios was supposed to bring was certainty. Predictability. Predictability. Not going to win you the Cy Young Award. Mm-hmm. Solid. Not, not going to have a 250 ERA. Mm-hmm. Going to give you a chance to win every night. Yep. Probably going to be able to prevent catastrophe from happening. There you go. And healthy. And, and, and taking the ball every day mm-hmm. and giving you five and two-thirds or six or whatever it is. that You wanted, not five and two-thirds, you wanted more than that, but you wanted predictability from him. And when the Jays sat down and started thinking about how they were going to have their rotation built moving forward last year, the predictability offered by Jose Barrios was worth a lot of money to them.
2: 131 million. Just score a lot of runs when he pitches, he'd be all right. They sort of go hand in hand, though, right? Yeah. If you if you've noticed, whenever he pitches, the at bats don't look the same because they they really don't know what to do. Do we attack? Do we take? You know, it's it's a do we run the bases like we normally do? Like it's a lot of everybody looking at everybody else to figure out how to go I, about
1: it. I am going to say Hard, this. though. I am going to say this. I am at the point where I do not, and I, I I've talked to you about this. They're not similar pitchers. They, they are similar guys, but the two pitchers that I you know really kind of hitched my wagon to, it was Javier Vasquez when he was with the Expos, mm-hmm. swear to God, and everybody in that organization thought he was going to be this guy's change-up was as good as Pedro's. They thought he was going to win a Cy Young Award sometime. Jose Barrios is almost getting into that, that territory for me where I just don't know if I'm ever going to get what I thought I was going to get out of him.
2: It's a lot of pressure on him. Every start he makes. We'll see if he can live up to it. Well, it, it's hard. And, it's hard. Like, this this is a huge start for him. A, a huge start. See, like, I would Every suggest, one of these starts now are. I would suggest. The, do or, I don't want to say do or die, but, man, you got to you got to act like you've been in the big leagues before when he throws. And it's
1: I that's would, sort of where you're getting with him. I would suggest the first start at home will be interesting. Because especially if this next one goes bad. Yeah. Well, it's because it's he's a will
2: thing be, between the years
1: now he will be he will be a guy that people will will oh, fixate on if it doesn't go it's well it's
2: a dread now for their team to go oh he's pitching i mean I know he's a nice dude everybody loves him, but it's performance driven and you don't want to get to where it's just hard on everybody else to perform it's it's gonna that's that's intriguing i i got to be honest i'm rooting for him well, we I know, I know how hard it is to play baseball. I don't care what he signed for and how much money he no, makes. That's not his. You know, it's not his fault. I'd take it too if they want to give me 131 million, I'd take it. Yeah. No, no problem. But it's it's still a big boy league. It's not the tri league. Huh?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know how I feel about the money thing. The, the money thing is I mean, that's what the market determined he or that's what the Jays thought he was worth. That's what the market Jace Jays thought the market determined he was worth. I mean, the money is the money is the money is the money. Yeah, the idea that you're going to hold that against a player is, just, is not silly. The it's not. And there isn't a person out there that would say, no, nah, I don't want 131000000 I'll take million. I'll, take, I'll 12 myself. <laughs> take 12 this year. I'll take 12 this year. Mr. Betting yourself, like Fred Van Vliet. There aren't always a lot of guys like that. And uh, it is remarkable how many times you bet in yourself and you don't win. But uh, anyhow, there we are. Uh, two o'clock will be the first mm. pitch today. Kevin Gossman, Jordan Lyles. Kevin Gossman, we it's talked about game. this. Should be. I hope we so. Talked about this against St. Louis. Kevin Gossman pitched well enough to win. Yeah. Uh, the Matt Chapman error undid him. So I was going to ask you, what do you think, what, what does Kevin Gossman has to do, have to do here? And the answer is he just do what you did the last time. And fastball command. Fastball command. your, fastball command, your third fastball baseman fastball doesn't command. throw the ball away. it's good, he'll be dominant period. And uh, if they can come out of Kansas City 4 and 3 going into Anaheim, you're not seeing Shohei Otani on the mound. We said at the start of this road trip I thought 5 and 5 5 and 5 in a long road trip is okay for me. It's not optimal. It's okay for me. 6 and 4 is nice. 7 and 3, nicer, but these last two games, I, I still, the Kikuchi start, save this road trip. Whoa. I'm convinced. I'm convinced to save never this road trip. never thought you'd ever say that. Just as we predicted. That, is, predicted. that is it for us today. Thanks to Jen, Mark, and Lance. We'll be on Blue Jays Talk immediately following the game. Mr. Barker and myself will be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590 to fan. Sportsnet 360, if you're listening to us via podcast, say something nice about us give Mr. Barker a five-star review. It means so much to him. Of course, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me, but have yourself a great day.